Hey guys, this is me. Did you move today? As-tu bougé aujourd'hui? J'attemachiste aujourd'hui. Et vous te moviste ahora? Welcome to the Did You Move Today podcast. In this episode, I have Dr. Jen Esquer as my guest. So, enjoy. Hello? Hi, Jen. Can you hear me? Hi, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Does um, it sound I'm okay? I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you very much for, for, for your time. Of course. Um, so it's it's working now with with the phone, right? So yeah. Sorry, I was just trying to do it through my computer. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Don't worry. So, um, right. Janice Gare is a doctor of physical therapy and movement enthusiast. She yes. has two online programs, the Mobility Method and the Optimal Body, that are improving lives globally. Jen's vision is to empower others to continue to move and live a pain-free, active lifestyle. So, Jen, I'm super excited to have you here. You don't know, but I'm your fan. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for having me on. So, if you can, if you can tell me a little bit more about your, how did your movement journey started? Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I've read your bio so many times, <laughs> but you know, I think it will be great for the listeners uh, to hear about uh, your movement journey. Yeah, uh, for me, I, it was actually a requirement all through growing up from like elementary school into high school that I had to be in a sport uh, per my parents' requirement, which I'm actually very grateful for. It taught me early on how to appreciate my body and everything that it can do and the things that it's able to explore and continue exploring. Um, so early on, you know, I tried everything from dance to soccer to softball <laughs> until I really stumbled upon gymnastics and that became like my go-to and that was that was my thing. Very grateful for it. And I did that from elementary school through high school for about nine years until I quit. And I discovered Pilates. And for me, Pilates was like a really cool thing to adapt to because throughout gymnastics, you're doing conditioning and, and working out and exercise and everything. Strength building is basically using your own body weight. So for me, Pilates adapted very well because it, it reminded me exactly of gymnastic conditioning. I was like, oh, yeah, I could do this core all day. This is what we did for gymnastics. So it was like a really cool transition to be able to go into the fitness world and understand something that I felt like I had an idea behind. So I got into Pilates, was training Pilates, and um, eventually started teaching. And then I continued just within my movement journey and kind of discovered the calisthenic community, working out outside and doing again, very similar to your using your own body weight, gymnastics type training. So I fell in love with that. And, and then I discovered aqua yoga, <laughs> doing handstands on other people's hands. And really just, I've always continued to learn, adapt and grow. And now I'm like trying to learn salsa and just trying to manipulate my body and and learning these different things and just moving because it's so much fun and it's really cool to explore everything that your body can do. Yeah, I know you've tried a lot of uh, different movement and physical disciplines, which is uh, how I found you actually on, on Instagram. <laughs> awesome. And then I found you first and then I uh, met Louis House. But oh, yeah. before <laughs> I found you. So awesome. I so super cool. Um, so, and then you decided to study kinesiology in undergrad, 
right? Yeah. And then you move into uh, the, doc- the, the physical therapy. Yeah. Now, why did you decide it? I mean, I know it kind of makes sense now that, you know, it makes sense that you decided to study kinesiology because it's the study of movement and, mm-hmm. you know, human movement. But how was it just something that you knew right away that you wanted to go and move into uh, physical therapy? Why not a PhD in kinesiology or something like that? Were you just... Um, I mean, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I really went into kinesiology in the first place because I knew that in high school I liked anatomy and biology and I love moving my body. So I was like, okay, this sounds like a good major to go into. I really had no idea where I was going to go beyond that. I had an idea that maybe physical therapy would be the route, Um, but I really didn't have a solid idea. I just knew kinesiology was where I was going to go into And then once I started to volunteer in a physical therapy clinic as an aide, I kind of decided this was definitely going to be my track because I loved watching a physical therapist feel movement, observe movement, and really be able to assist people and facilitate their journey back to health in in whatever aspect that may be. And so I thought that was such an amazing experience. Plus, you don't have to deal with blood or surgery or anything like that. So I was like, this definitely sounds like a medical, um, you know, health-related thing that I would be able to experience a little bit more with a patient one-on-one because you're kind of riding alongside them with their journey. And at the time, I didn't know enough about chiropractic, and I really had these poor judgments about it, that it was really just a quick fix. It wasn't there to get anyone better. As I've learned more, I have huge respect for chiropractors. um, And I think there's a humongous crossover between PT and chiro. And you almost shouldn't be able to tell which one you are. If you're a great practitioner, you're just helping a human. Um, So, you know, for me back then, it was just what I knew about physical therapy, what I saw in the clinic, I knew that that's how I wanted to help people and help facilitate their journey and continue to learn about human movement. So you felt that the shadowing hours, because I, I, I I did some shadowing hours, um, like, you know, for a physical, like physical therapy Mm -hmm. in a physical therapy clinic. And I was like, this is so boring. (laughs) Not my clinic. (laughs) Yeah, and I I uh, um I listened to the podcast that you did with um the Moving Maestro. Mm-hmm. Um and I I felt, you know, when she was saying that a lot of people because of shadowing hours are like, mm, maybe this is not what I wanted." Right. Yeah, have, yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead. You know, um for me, I definitely knew that that particular clinic was not where I wanted to work as an aide. It was extremely fun and it was high pace. We had almost 200 clients coming through the door. Mm-hmm. So physical therapists relied on the aides, like huge. I mean, to a point that it was probably a bit illegal. A lot of the stuff that we were doing as aides, mm-hmm. <laughs> we were doing soft tissue massages. We were, I was doing manual traction. I was taking the clients all throughout their exercise program. I was coming to the physical therapist and saying, you know, this isn't working. What if we modify to this? What if we progress it to this? I was really in contribution a lot within the program. So for me, it was amazing because I, it was a high, fast-paced environment. I loved it. I even documented for the therapist, and then they signed off on it. Again, not legal. Yeah. <laughs> but it gave me an amazing experience as to, wow, this could like I see, I learned a lot. I just, I learned a lot. So I appreciate that high pace 
um, crazy environment that I got to learn in. I knew as a physical therapist that would not be where I wanted to go because there was so much like illegal where the aid was doing quite a bit. Um, I knew I wanted to be a lot more one-on-one -on -one with my clients and not be such a high turnover because I wanted to know how they were actually doing within their exercise program a little bit more than I felt like these PTs could at this clinic. Plus the owner was a little bit, um, he, he liked things his way. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so if it wasn't his way, he would say something to the therapist and I didn't think they had as much autonomy as I would have wanted to as a therapist. So so I knew that that wouldn't ultimately be where I wanted to work, but it was an amazing experience as an aide, and I really got to appreciate everything that a physical therapist could do, and I got a lot of experience as an aide. Jen, when was your aha moment? When did you re when did you decide it? Like, okay, this is exactly. Or have you ever had an aha moment? <laughs> um, you know, I really think it was just. A, as I continued to progress wherever it was in school or wherever it was along my journey of life, like I just knew stepping into the next thing, okay, this is it, okay, this is it. So as like in high school, as I loved anatomy and biology, I just knew kinesiology would be my path. As I continued to study more about kinesiology and learn the different fields that I can go into after kinesiology, I knew, and then I was an aide and all these other things, I knew that physical therapy would be my path, and no matter what I had to do, I was going to get there. I mean, I had friends that were reapplying to physical therapy two, three times because they just weren't getting in, and I was like, you know, if that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do, whatever, and loans you know, whatever. For me, once I commit to something, it's like, that's the path that I'm going to take, no matter what it takes. Mm -hmm. And I just committed to it. Luckily, I got in the first try. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I knew that that was going to be my path. And then as I went through physical therapy school, I also thought, because I was t teaching Pilates at the time, that I would be in women's health therapy. I would be teaching Pilates and doing Pilates rehab and then specializing in women's health. As I learned more about that, I realized it was actually a very slower pace environment that I'm used to, especially after coming as an aide and it was so fast paced. Um, and it really didn't give me the freedom to do as much as I wanted to outside of a Pilates environment. So I decided that was not going to be my path. And I knew that I wanted to still work with more of an orthopedic population, post-surgery athletes average average people um, and and then it was during the time when I graduated as well that I was in the calisthenic and acro yoga community so I just felt like I should be in LA Santa Monica is my location and I committed to that and got a job my first job working in Santa Monica which was absolutely amazing and and then as I continued on my journey I just knew I couldn't be in the clinic anymore. I needed to be doing my own thing. I needed to be working my own way. And I just, as I've continued to follow the path and follow what I love and where I'm headed, like it's just led me down this amazing, beautiful path where now I'm helping people all over the world within my programs. And I'm working one-on-one -on -one with, with physical therapy the way that I want to be doing it under no one else's supervision but my own, which is also been absolutely amazing and you are an inspiration for a lot of people well especially for me that's <laughs> Thank something you. That, um i spoke to um 
I interview Matthew Uehara. Yes, he's amazing. <laughs> he eats, he, he's, he's awesome. He's, yes. he's super awesome. And I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked him. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you know, but like one of my majors when I was um, in college was dance. And I, you know, we had a couple of science classes. We had maybe like one anatomy, one kinesiology. But, and then I did my yoga certification. It was one year yoga, one year program. But then I barely had anatomy. I had some anatomy, like not so much, just like mm. the basics. And so I realized that, oh, wow, there's, I want to know more about why the body is moving this way. And because people were asking me, my students were asking me questions, hey, how can I modify this? Or how, what am I, you know, what, what should I feel right now? And what's going on with my muscles, you know? And I was just like, oh, wow, I have to figure that out for myself first. Mm. Um, and I know, and when I asked Matthew, he said, you know, there's the ability to move, the ability to teach, but also the ability to um, understand the science and put it into words. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know, I've noticed that there's a lack of science in the arts, more specifically in performing arts and also in the, uh, you know, in the yoga industry. Now it's becoming a little bit, you know, something b bigger and people are talking about that. But do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I think it's, it's important to understand some science behind it, but I don't think everyone needs to know the nitty gritty of everything. And, and when, especially if I think for me personally, if you're talking more into yoga, you're talking more into the listening aspect of what's happening with your body. You're talking more into the spiritual aspect of what your journey is through your body. And so being very technical in what's happening anatomically speaking, isn't necessarily important. It's important mm -hmm. for a yoga instructor. <laughs> I think having a very basic science background in terms of knowing which way the joints are gliding so that if you're doing an adjustment and helping someone interpose, you're actually helping instead of compressing. Yes, of course, it's, it's important to understand what's happening with the body if you're a coach, a trainer, or an instructor. But if you're a person doing the exercise, I think the most important thing that you can start to do is just listen because listening alone is going to help facilitate where your body needs to go. If you're starting to feel a pain, start to listen. Okay, am I standing on my feet? Can I feel pressure through all areas of my feet? Maybe I'm leaning more on one side and that's causing some discomfort in my back as I lower into the squat. So just starting to listen to the body, become aware of the body can be an amazing teacher without even having to know the nitty gritty science. And then of course, I always recommend go and get facilitated by someone. You're not supposed to have all the tools. I don't have all the tools. <laughs> so going and learning from other people and getting tools and, and helping to facilitate your journey is going to be the best thing that you can do for your body. And that goes across the board for everyone. I think we're always learning, we're always growing, we're always adapting, but it starts with listening to what our body is actually telling us. That's great. That's for, would you say that only for, um, you know, the student, like if, because it's, of course it's different if I take a dance class 
than if I am teaching. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. which what would what would you say uh, for the dance students or professional dancers, or you know the people that are in performing arts that are professional in performing arts that are teaching, um, teaching other people how to move. Mm -hmm. I think if you're a teacher in any kind of sort, you're always continuing to learn. You want to be able to feel it yourself, and you also want to be able to to learn, you know, what more is out there, what more can I do, what more can I do to help. I think if you're going to someone who's a teacher or an instructor and they say, I have all the answers, that might yeah. be a little scary <laughs> because mm -hmm. no, no one has all the answers. We're always all continuing to learn. And a lot of the smartest people out there who are researchers continue to research because they're still like, I don't know the answer yet. Because, you know, the reality is we, we won't know the answer. Science is always continuing to change. So anyone who is helping another person should continue to fill tools within their toolbox and continue to learn and continue to see what else they can do to adapt and grow and, and help other people. And, and being able to then take those scientific and neurological terms and really put it in layman's terms so that your student can understand. And I think the only reason my Instagram has grown is because I'm not talking to clinicians. I'm talking to everyday people. I'm talking to people who don't know anything about the body, and it's a way for them to understand the body. I am not talking in technical terms. I am talking in a way that is the easiest way for anyone to understand the body. If you want to open up this, check out this. If you want to get rid of this kind of pain, check out this. Like it's very broken down in layman's terms because if you want to actually help people, you have to be able to educate them. And that doesn't just mean by showing off your vernacular and using these high-ended terms because you probably don't even know it very well if you have to only talk in a very scientific manner. But mm -hmm. if you can bring it down to someone's level so that they can understand, not only does it help you as a teacher, but it helps that person to be able to buy into what you're saying. No one is going to want to continue to do these, these little breathing techniques or these little corrective exercises to help them on their journey unless they are bought in to the reason why. Yes. Um, well, thank you for that, Jen. <laughs> of course. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions concerning um, where I guess more personal questions. Mm -hmm. um, what will you tell your younger self? Mm. I would tell my younger self that you are beautiful, you are knowledgeable, and you have a voice that is, you know, <laughs> worthy of being heard. I think as we grow up, all of us have different instances and circumstances in our life that something happens, whether it's from another student, a teacher, a whatever it may be, a parent in life, a sibling that says you're not good enough. In some kind of form, you feel this, this weight of, I didn't do well, I'm not doing well enough, this isn't good, I'm not good enough. And over time, we start putting these scars on ourselves over and over and over again until we suddenly are not using our voice, are not being seen, or maybe we're hiding so much that this negative portrayal of who we're not really are is starting to come out of the surface instead of who we really are. 
And, you know, I think telling people, anyone, my younger self, your younger self, who you are right now, that you are worthy and you deserve to be seen is a beautiful thing for everyone to hear. Now, Jen, I know, and I've, I've, I've listened to a couple of podcasts, as, as I told you, um, mm-hmm. where you are the, the guest. Um, but let me, let me know if, if I got this wrong. So were you the, were you very shy? Oh my God. I'm still shy. I still walk okay. into parties and I'm like, mm, should I go talk to them? <laughs> so it's like extroverted, introverted, or is it introverted, extroverted? Like something like that, right? I mean, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I did. got it wrong, but it's like vice versa. So that's how I feel sometimes where I'm like, it's not that I cannot talk. It's just like, yeah, I can talk to people, but at the same time, I'm like, mm, should I go or should I not go? Yeah. <laughs> um, how, you know, do you, how do you deal with that? You know, I think it's taken a lot of practice of self-love and, and telling myself and talking positively to, my, to myself all the time. I think we miss this conversation with ourselves and we don't even pay attention to it very much that not only is it important to, t- to be cognizant of the conversation that other people are putting on you, so don't let other people's negativity actually absorb into who you are, but what is the negativity that you could actually be placing on yourself? And so ch- starting to change the conversation around even how I got ready in the morning. So from going from like, oh, this looks awful. Oh, my hair looks so bad today. Oh, I look fat. And all of this stuff that would just come out as I got ready and cleaning that all up and getting that out of the way (laughs) and really starting to talk positive to myself. Like you're fucking amazing. You can (laughs) go out and do this and, and really starting to change the conversation. And I would literally for 30 days, I wrote down three things I loved about myself every day. Oh wow. And cause it's really easy to come up with three things I'm grateful for every day but three things I actually am grateful for and love about myself every day was a little bit of a challenge for me. And so really spending the time and actually committing to that helped me so much in my growth. And then not only that, but I would start to, I I started to shift the conversation around my family and friends as well. And I said, if you catch me talking negative about myself, you get to call me out on it. And you're not allowed to talk negative around me. If I catch you talking negative about yourself, you got to turn that around as well. And so having and drawing in that accountability from my circle directly around me really helped to start to shift the, posi- the, the conversation and go into a more positive, confident, uh, powerful conversation where I can actually go up and talk to people and be myself. It's so interesting because most, a lot of people I know have this, this conversation in their head, like, would anyone even care if I, if I said anything? Should I even say anything? No one cares. Or would, should I really go up to them? They probably would be bothered or whatever. Like, we all have this conversation, and yet no one really cares. Like, go up and say hi. <laughs> they yeah. probably would appreciate that because they might have that same conversation going on in their head. So true. I think mean, that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> and you, you've created your tribe now. I know that you have, you know, you talk about the, the friends that you have, and mm-hmm. which is, you said that you're, it's super amazing. Um, I don't know, like, I think Matthew mentioned that it's um, sometimes it's like living, I don't know, I don't want to quote him on this, but I, <laughs> I just cannot remember. But where um, I've heard somewhere that it's just like living in a bubble because there's so many good uh, and 
people um, and knowledgeable mm-hmm. people in California mm-hmm. that know about the movement, that, that are part of this like movement in the yeah. movement industry. Yeah. So I don't know if he said that or, or I heard you say that I said that in, in one of the podcasts. I, I cannot remember, but <laughs> um, which I thought that was like, oh, wow, this is, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Now, Jen, what do you eat? <laughs> you know, I try to be as good as I can. <laughs> um, I really, I listen to my body. So I know the foods that don't make me feel very good, personally speaking. That is most dairy products for me don't make me feel very good. Even whey protein has been a no-no for me, mm-hmm. but that's personal to me. Um, gluten has been a big trigger for stomach aches, so I try to stay away from gluten. Um, and honestly, even grains and legumes sometimes lock me up. So for me, the best that I have found personally, I'm going to continue to say for me, (laughs) is more of a Whole30 based diet, which is basically just fruits, vegetables, meat products, and nuts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Like, but it really, I feel best. I feel lean. I feel no bloat. I feel high energy. Um, When I'm eating mostly in that way, I have tried fully plant-based and it just it really hurts my stomach. Um, and I've tried dairy. I immediately get a stuffy nose, which means I have a really fast histamine effect and I'm actually allergic. So I know that I, dairy does not bode well for me, but in other cultures, actually, I've heard most European cultures can actually tolerate dairy quite well. So it really, it's, it's all dependent on the person. I don't think there is any one diet out there. I don't think there's any one thing. And despite having a dairy allergy, I still have my ice cream some once in a while. Yes. <laughs> I definitely eat my dark chocolate. I love my wine with my girlfriends. And, and yeah, I mean, I, for the most part, I would say that I have a very balanced lifestyle. I try to eat as great as I can because it literally feels best within my body. But if I have a meal where I have my pizza or my ice cream or whatever it may be, I allow myself to have it and I don't beat myself up. Because I think when we beat ourselves up for the things that we eat, it only causes more stress and it's going to cause more inflammation and you're actually going to be bigger because you ate those things rather than just enjoying it for that moment and knowing that, okay, I'm going to maybe deal with a stomach ache right now, maybe pop in a tum and then I'm going to get back to my diet after this because I'm enjoying it with the people I'm with or I know that my body can handle it and it can go back into a regular you know, diet plan after that. Great. Now your last name is Kerr, right? Yes. Sí. I, I'm from El Salvador, so I'm in Chicago, so you... but I'm from El Salvador and I speak Spanish. It's my mother tongue. So, um, so that last name is Kerr. Are you, um, I don't want to assume something. Are you half Latina or something or is it? I am. I am, I am, yes. Um, I'm like fourth generation from Mexico, so I am very American. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, but we are Mexican-American, and 
my last name is actually a Basque origin. So someone came from Spain <laughs> at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it totally makes sense. It's, it's um, you know, like um, Spain, the Spaniards conquered uh, mm -hmm. mostly Latin America. And so that's why, like, a lot of the last names, my second last name is Mata with a, with a C. Mm. So it's, of course, like, it's, it has, it has, it has influence from Spain too. And yeah. Um, awesome. which that's, I think that's, I think that's so great. The fact that you are, um, uh, Mexican American. I mean, <laughs> it, it, for me, right. Because yeah. I'm just like, Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Then, so no cheese. Uh, no cheese for me. I, I I'm not perfect. I still love cheese, but <laughs> I try to, for the most part, I avoid it because I do immediately get a stuffy nose after I eat it, which is very interesting. What would you like to learn next? What's the next physical discipline? Is there something that you are interested at the moment? Uh, really, I think for me, actually, I want to dive a little bit more into yoga and I've been feeling a little stiff in my body. I know that would be hard for people to believe. <laughs> if they take a look at my Instagram, but I have been. So I think just getting into a more regular practice with yoga again and and getting, I really want to perfect salsa still. Like I want to mm. be able to go into a club and feel very confident because right now I still don't have full confidence with my salsa. <laughs> yes. Salsa, like dance. like sing. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, okay. Would you recommend a, when would you recommend a, uh, a, a doctorate of physical therapy? Like, what would you say to the, to the students that are in physical therapy school right now or that, or the people that are looking to do a, a PhD in kinesiology? What, what would you, what would you say? You know, I would say physical therapy school gives you a, a way how to pass boards because you've got to pass boards. <laughs> So some of the science is not going to be as up-to-date to what could actually truly help a, a client in the outpatient facility, but I, it's still great. It still gives you a really solid basis on anatomy, physiology, and neuroanatomy, and it allows you to go in feeling confident enough to know that you can catch red flags, you can be aware of when you need to refer back to an MD or if your back pain can be coming from an organ or something like a, even a blood clot or something like that. So I think that is what like really makes a physical therapist or a chiropractor stand out from a massage therapist or a personal trainer. Working in a gym now, I see so many personal trainers doing massages and using the Theragun and all these other things on their clients, which it's fine if it's general, But if you're saying that you're going to help them with their back pain, you really don't know how to diagnose where that back pain is coming from and why they have the problem. So I think having a team of people together with a solid physical therapist or chiro that you trust and, and just the same way, I refer to Matt just like Matt refers to me. So we work as an amazing team as a physical therapist and a personal trainer. I don't want to be doing the personal training. <laughs> I want to get people back into their bodies and feeling amazing in their bodies and then send them to a personal trainer that I trust can continue that progress. So that's when I refer to Matt. And, and I think having that team of people around you is an amazing thing 
know that you don't have to know everything. I have a pelvic floor specialist that I refer to. She's a physical therapist herself, but I refer to her because I don't do any internal work with physical therapy. So I, you know, I think having an, a team around you of people that you can rely on for support is the most amazing, the most, the best thing that you can do for any person and just continue the journey, continue learning, continue learning from anyone. I've learned from yogis, I've learned from personal trainers, I've learned from chiropractors, I've learned from really anyone across the board. There's so much to learn. And like I said before, knowledge and science is always ever changing. So never feel like you're above anyone else or you're too good to learn from someone. You can still learn from anyone around you. That's great. I see in your website that um, that's something that, you know, that I can find there, learn from many other professionals in the rehab game. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the Movement Maestro, uh, Myo mm-hmm. Detox too, mm-hmm. which I've, um, that's in Canada, right? The Myo Detox, is that in Canada? It is, has originated in Canada and it is now spreading worldwide. Cool. Yeah, I checked. I checked the. I checked their their site, mm-hmm. and it was so interesting because apparently, I think from what I've heard on on one of the podcasts where you were one of the guests, um, that they have uh, chiropractors and physical therapists and massage therapists learning the same kind of like similar things. Yep. Like, or they're working together or something like that. Yep, working as one, which is pretty inspiring. Now, uh, Jen, what's uh, what's movement for you? Movement is the ability to move within what your body is capable of doing, which is limitless. And movement is really being living in the gratitude for what your body has given you. I think we take for granted even the smallest tasks until it's taken away from us. And we get to be appreciative and grateful for what we have right now before it gets taken away. So appreciate your hands, appreciate your ability to grip, appreciate your ability to reach overhead, appreciate your ability to walk because you don't want to have to, you know, injure your knee or injure your wrist or injure your shoulder for you to finally get appreciation for these little tasks. But take it in right now and continue to move into that every single day. Now, would you say flexibility or mobility? Both. (laughs) Um, I, flexibility is, you know, it just depends. I think flexibility is a passive act of any kind of stretch, but in order to have mobility, you have to have that passive aspect before you move into the active aspect of it anyways. So, so it really isn't one better than the other. It's just, what is it that it, that you are trying to achieve? Are you wanting to be one of those deep yoga a yogis in the Ashtanga practice where you want to get these crazy poses, then you need to hold a little bit more flexibility. Still adding mobility at end range holds and will only help with that, but flexibility just depends on what it is that your range is trying to achieve. If you want just functional mobility, meaning that you want your shoulder to be able to move at an external rotation 90 degrees and internal rotation 80 degrees the way that it's supposed to, you know, then you're working just to achieve what your joint is supposed to achieve and make it active at these end ranges. But I think all in all, we need it all. 
We need mobility and flexibility. We need to just keep our body being pliable, just like when we were kids, because we tend to lose it as we get older and we just sit in chairs and cars and couches all day long. <laughs> yes. Wow, Jen, every time that I'm listening to one of your answers, I'm like, oh, wow, she's so knowledgeable. <laughs> That's um, sweet. Now, um, this is my last question. Mm-hmm. Did you move today? I did move today. I got up early. I cleaned first, and then I went and did a 30-minute HIIT workout with a friend. Did a little PRI with Matt to end the workout. <laughs> and then I... Oh, and I went to an audition, actually, for a, a yoga thing, and I did some handstands. So yes, <laughs> definitely awesome. moved today. Well, you do handstands. You 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 well you you do a lot of things, right? But I, like, I I uh, I uh, what was I? Yeah, I listened another podcast too that you mentioned that you used to do handstands on the grocery store. Is that yeah. is that true? Um, I think it was like when I would just be shopping with my mom at like a clothing store. I don't think I did it did in the grocery store, but at a clothing store when I was young and in gymnastics and I just have urges to do handstands and she would be like, okay, no one's looking, do it now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I think I could, I, when, when you, when you said that in one of the, in one of the podcasts, so the clothing store, I think I got it. I, I thought it was a grocery store, but it's it's funny because my mom right now she's 60 almost like 65 mm-hmm. and every single december from the day that i was born like every uh christmas uh my mom used to perform and do a handstand for my grandfather wow so i used to sit down and watch her doing handstands That's and then so when i listened yeah she still she she can still do, she she still um does handstands which is like pretty cool Uh, that's amazing I love that yes yes um and then um is there anything else that you would like to share uh Jen yeah I think you know when it comes to movement and moving every day it doesn't mean that you have to beat up your body and do a hard workout (laughs) you can get outside and walk and being in nature honestly is one of the most proven stress relieving things that we can do in our bodies And so even if it's not even a run, but just a walk outside, just sitting on the floor when you're going to answer your emails or sitting on the floor to play with your kid or, you know, putting the dishes up and reaching high and actually getting some movement high, like moving your joints into their full capable ranges of motion on a daily basis is going to be the healthiest thing for you and practicing getting down on the floor and getting up off the floor every single day is also going to be one of the healthiest things that you can do for your body. So it doesn't matter if you don't do yoga, it doesn't matter if you don't meditate, but find areas, find places that you can be in nature, that you can breathe, that you can relax, and that you can just move your body every day because that is going to be the healthiest thing that's literally going to change your genes, change your life, and help prevent illness. Great. Um, and where can we find you? I mean, I can tell everybody because I'm, <laughs> you know, Doctor and Fit on Instagram, Doctor and Fit on YouTube, and then DoctorandFit.com. Yeah. That's your website. And then Those the Mobility the Method, places. right? The Mobility yes. Method for Instagram? Yep, the Mobility Method as well. Yeah. Do you have one for the optimal body or? I don't. It kind of just goes into the Mobility Method as well. Um, 
the optimal body is more of just like a, a fun, it, it's definitely something that I, I recommend if you don't want to have to think. There's functional HIIT workouts, mobility flows, and core stability workouts to actually learn what the core is. So I highly recommend because it's so cheap and you get just workouts added every month. Um, but it's, you know, the mobility method is like, it's more of my baby because it actually makes you think, it makes you work. You have to actually self-assess your body <laughs> and then move into the exercises that are pertinent for your own body, not someone else's. So, you know, they're, they're just very different programs. Each I think are very special and, and can really benefit for every person. Great. Um, I will ask you one more question. I know it was, I told you that it was the last one, but I have to ask this question. So I know you met, um, Ido Portal. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? I think he's an amazing human. Um, he's really dedicated himself to learning, growing, adapting, and being a student. And I think because he's put himself as first a student and, and learning, it makes him such an amazing educator. And he really has devoted his whole life to movement and to studying the body and to studying what would be best for the human body and able in order to grow and adapt. So he's, he's very knowledgeable. He's very much appreciated in this movement world because he's dedicated literally his body to be a student. Great. Jen, thank you very much for your time. Um, you don't know, like, this means a lot to me um, <laughs> just to have you. Uh, and I've been following you for quite a while now. Um, so it does mean a lot to me, more so because when I reached out, I was like, hmm, I don't think she's going to answer, but I'll try. <laughs> and so it's super awesome to have you uh, on my podcast. And I will keep following you. And, and so I want, I want to acknowledge you for that and for being so humble well, thank you so much i really appreciate you having me on all right guys so this was doc dr jen esquer um esquer or you can <laughs> find her at doc, doc jen fit on instagram all right thank you thank you